Hello, this is your host Akande Adirili and welcome back to Pod Save Africa. Um, it's your monthly news update and by the way, um, I want to put it to you guys, we're actually working on making this a bi-weekly event um, and that's every two weeks. So I'm here with Ify, you're supposed, Ify, you're supposed to jump in. What I'm here Hi with. Guys. Oh Hi guys. Hi guys. Hi oh guys. Welcome to Pod Save Africa. We practice your this. monthly news update. Mm. My name is Ify mm. and I'm here with my co-host Akiade Adirili. Yes. You should you should you really should have but, just done the intro. But it's fine. This <laughs> <laughs> is it's perfectly fine. Um how are we doing, Ify? Having a having a how's the spirits? We the spirits is spirits is moving. Spirits is moving. We are yeah, we're doing good. We're doing good. Perfect. Uh, it's snowing right now, which yeah. is not... And it's like snowing everywhere at the same time. I know. Like, it suddenly starts snowing in every place at the same... Yo, this is about thing, yo. Like, this is a coordinated attack against us humans. Watch out. Stay woke. Uh, we did this to ourselves. Yeah, we did BT this to ourselves. So, yeah, true. exactly. That is true. Um, Yeah, so, aside from the fact that it's snowing, mm-hmm. um, everything else is going great, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. How I, are you doing? I'm all right. I do also hate the snow. I share we, that. Um, uh, to be honest. Can I stand to that? To be honest. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> to, be, to, to be honest, no one really cares. Just, yeah. Wow. <laughs> but you know where it doesn't <laughs> snow? Segway, Africa. Let's get into the news, guys. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. That was amazing. Oh, <laughs> that was really that good. Was extremely I'm very, bad. I'm very proud of myself. All right. So first, first, first piece of news we have up today for you guys is the end SARS movement. If you're not familiar with it, Nigeria basically has a segment of its police force that has been set aside that is called the Special Anti-Robbery Squad. It was essentially um, created to help against the a spate of serious robbings. Um, in the 90s or so, um, and essentially they've now effectively become the thing they've, the evil that they were fighting against. They have uh, beaten people, they've assaulted people, um, they've essentially arrested people with no cause. Um, there are stories all over the interwebs and Twitter about you know them beating people, killing people, um, kidnapping people. And widespread extortion, like they hop in your car and they don't let you move and threaten you with guns on, until you give them money. And like very significant amounts, like, you know, $200, $300 and things like that. So, um, yeah, it's it's pretty bad because now you have effectively a state-sanctioned robbery squad that is literally going around robbing people. And kind of some, what I've heard and what, what we're, my understanding of this is now is that some of those squads even are at the behest of some of their superiors. So it's not just like the people at the ground floor. They're stealing to give money to the people above them. Um, so yeah, that's that's a piece of sad news. And so what happened was that online people who were tired of the treatment essentially started a campaign, an online campaign called End SARS um, and the Special Anti-Robbery Squad. And they started tweeting, you know, tweeting at the president, tweeting at the vice president, tweeting at the inspector, inspector of uh, police, all of who have Twitter accounts, and essentially try to leverage a, a movement. Now, all of it is still ongoing. There's been a lot of, hey, we're going to do something, and people aren't settling and okay with that. Um, and yeah, uh, if you want to contribute. Sure. Um, so, hashtag NSARS, it's, it's, happening. Um, it's happening. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm happy that people are um, speaking up and speaking out mm-hmm. about this. Mm-hmm. Um, basically 
seeing videos on Twitter and like on other parts of the internet um, about how these people who are supposed to be the ones, you know, protecting citizens and civilians hmm. from harm <laughs> yeah. are the ones, you know, perpetrating that harm. It it just it's very disappointing. But if you remember last month we were yeah. talking about yeah. how <laughs> we <were> talking about <laughs> um, <laughs> the police um, the Nigerian police force has been ranked the worst in the world. Mm-hmm. And this is basically like exhibit number one. Yep. Um, so Amnesty International actually did a report on SARS in 2016, mm-hmm. um, stating that SARS is responsible for widespread torture and other inhumane um, or degrading treatment of detainees in their, in their custody. Um, mm-hmm. And it just goes to show that, you know, the entire justice system in Nigeria needs to be put in rice. Like, <laughs> it is just extremely ridiculous. The, I mean... Put the whole country in rice. <laughs> no, honestly, like, I... Because I was, like, online, like, doing, like, a little bit of research to, like, try and figure out, you know, just try and get information, yeah, you know, like, try and see exactly what's happening, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I saw somewhere... Um, that 72.5% of inmates um, in Nigeria are serving time without being sentenced. So, like, just thinking about that number, 72.5% of people are just serving time without being sentenced. So they don't even know if they've committed a crime. They're just chilling in jail. They are just in jail, just wasting away. And... When we think about, first of all, the resources that are being spent mm-hmm. or not being spent on these people, um, it's just a very heartbreaking situation all around. Mm-hmm. Um, you then wonder why people are so desperate to leave the country. Yeah. Um, you then wonder why, like, just so, so, some of these stories, like yeah. people walking around with laptops on phones. Yeah, like once you like, have a laptop, they think you're a scammer or something like that. Like, it's a crime to have a tattoo. Like, hmm. it's just incredibly fucking dumb. Like, it yeah. is. It is just so, so stupid. But the reality of the fact is that people are literally dying yeah. at the hands of people who are supposed to be protecting them. Like, people are literally dying. Okay. There are reports of many of these people, like, being intoxicated on the job. Hmm. My questions are, first of all, what are the qualifications for people to get these positions? Well... Like how how do you become a SARS operative? Because, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I think that there are so there are layers of structural issues. I mean, I don't think the first job any Nigerian wants to do is go and work for the police. First of all, because they don't even pay, they pay, you know, it's like being a waitress and living on tips. But instead, this time, tips are bribes. At, at minimum, that is, you know, that is a, the base level for uh, police operations and, and they're not particularly trained well because first of all you typically train you typically spend money on training when you plan on paying people at least decent amount of money um so half of them aren't paid well um they can't afford to just live on what they're paid so they effectively extort people on a monthly basis both to survive and to pass money of course along to their superiors um, so I think, you know, there, there are layers of structural issues. I mean, this is just the inevitability of having that kind of system stay for so long. 
you know, when police and can just still take bribes anywhere, you know, eventually they're going to take them every time. And then the police force initially denied the oh. fact that... Of course. SARS <laughs> is literally trash. Yeah. It's like, we yeah. saw videos. Yeah. Like, I we, mean, the, the we, Inspector we General tweets, videos. he's like, yeah, all these things that you guys are saying that are in your dreams, you guys need to wake up and some, some... And I think somebody, like, put up videos. Yeah, the Inspector General. And it's like, who is this? First of all, that We've man. seen videos. And, uh, okay, uh, so initially they denied the claims. And then the next day or, like, later that afternoon, they're like, okay, you know what? We are actually going to reorganize the mm-hmm. unit and we're going to investigate the allegations. Yeah. Where are you going to start investigating these allegations from? Yeah. Because... Yeah. Like first of all, like we have receipts. Like yeah. where are you going like... to start <laughs> investigating these allegations from? Um, I've there. seen I've seen like screenshots of people like sending WhatsApp messages to the number that they're supposed to send messages to, yeah. and they get some automated response. Oh, so, so it's just right. like there's just there's just no credibility. Even mm. when you tell us that you are going to look into these things, people right. don't really believe that because we have seen this happen before you know mm. and then you also have them saying oh they're going to order a new human rights training program for the unit so the unit. my question then like so is, y'all didn't have this before like what <laughs> does that even make any type of sense i remember last month i said you know compared to well I guess in the United States, you have to have um, a high school degree or a high school diploma, which I personally don't even think that that is enough. enough, I feel like to work in, you know, to work in policing, you have to have a good amount. Exactly. Like you have to have a good amount of education so that you recognize certain things like such as like bias and like, you know, your stigma towards certain people. Yeah. But it's like, I don't even think that people joining the police force in Nigeria even, have that requirement yeah. of having a high school or a secondary school education. Hmm. Yeah. And and there's this really good article. And by the way, you guys can check out this uh, publication. It's called the it's called the Republic NG. It's a website. And they're essentially. Yeah, that's really puts, good. And they put together this fantastic article that essentially talks about the bigger picture, specifically in Nigeria. And essentially what they say is that effectively people are starting to take up the act, the, the right, that the thing that the government is supposed to provide is a monopoly on force so that they can always solve issues for the people who's in, inside the government. They can always uh, protect their people. But now Nigeria is starting to break up into these little factions where people are essentially buying guns for themselves and protecting themselves. And sets all types of crazy problems, the Fulani fighting, even Bokaram, all those kind of things are essentially evidence of a government that hasn't done its job of having protecting its people so i think at least the best part of that article for me was kind of the last paragraph where they talk about solutions and they essentially say that the country needs to actively invest in its local law enforcement like making them first of all good trustworthy and also capable of fighting threats like i mean the popular joke in lagos was that oh if the police if there's a robbery, the police will fire their guns in the air and drive past and drive past and drive past and hope that the thieves run away. But like, you know, if if the depiction of the of the police force that's supposed to protect you is that they can't protect you, I mean that's always a, already a really bad place to start from. And when you even and when you even speak to like I thankfully I haven't really had any um 
experiences where I've had to deal with SARS or had to deal with the police force in Nigeria in general. Yeah. Um, but a lot of, you know, what you hear is that when you go to, you know, the police and you try to report a crime, they don't even have the basics to even start to do half of what their job is supposed to be, you know, and no one would want to put themselves or their lives on the line if they don't feel that they are going to be properly compensated for that. Like, I'm not going to put my life on the line if I, if, if I know that I haven't even gotten paid like these past six months, like, yeah. like I'm just not going to do that. Yeah. And then you also have, like, I guess, looking at the bigger picture, I feel that policing should be more of a state thing as opposed the to federal. a federal thing. Right. You know, the state needs to take its security seriously. Yeah. The yeah. federal government should be more concerned with, you know, I guess, I guess, like, the yeah. military and, like, the Navy and, like, yeah, all of that. But, absolutely. again, here we are, you know, yeah. like, when when yeah, it comes to, like, this, budgeting and, like, all of that, like, yeah. it's just it's just a sad story all around. Yeah. This, it's just a sad story is, all around. It's something we could, like, have a total podcast on on its own. Maybe we will. Um, but shout out to the people who started the campaign. It's fantastic. My encouragement is just that, you know, everybody keeps supporting. But let's all, yeah, ask, um, you know, let's turn our minds to the bigger issues at the end of the day like let's you know let's take this one down let's deal with this one then move on to solving the system that created these conditions yeah um i know that there are going to be um like some rallies and marches so um if you are in a position to go to one of those that would be awesome um and you guys should keep uh using the hashtag nsars on twitter and like other social media and Even if you're not from the country, yeah. support. It's always great to see that happen. All right. Um, so next story, what you got for us? Yep. So the next story is Cape Town is running out of water. So, um, so Cape Town, <laughs> yeah. So Cape Town is having its worst water crisis in recent memory. Um, it also has a countdown to day zero. Um, day zero is May 20th, 2018. Like next year? Um, and that, yep, next year. Um, so that is the day that the, quote-unquote, the taps will be turned off. Oh. Um, so, yep, so they are calculating that by basically subtracting the expected usage of water um, from the current system um, down volumes. Okay. So, yeah, it's... It completely sucks. They are now implementing level five water restrictions, um, which has basically, yeah, which has basically banned the use of water for non-essential purposes. Um, They are trying to um, encourage households to manage their consumption of water um, to keep it to a certain amount. Um, And as for day zero, the city plans to have. 200 water collection points um so every water collection site will have several stand pipes depending on the size and the shape of um the site um someone who is in charge of um who is like i guess a member of one of the one of the committees in charge of this situation um stated that the water in informal set- settlements 
will largely remain connected, which huge, huge red flag there. Huge yeah. issue. Yeah. Um, she also said that people will have to get themselves themselves to and from water collection points. Another huge issue. Um, she says that special provisions will be made to ensure that vulnerable groups are able to access water. Another huge issue um, because they gave absolutely no details on how any of this would work. Um, and then from February, um, Cape Town residents um, may have to pay a monthly drought charge for about three years because they're trying to raise like a certain amount of money um, to help with this water crisis that they are um, having right now. So I'm I'm encouraged though by there's a I mean it's not you know they, at this point it looks like they caught it a little late like <laughs> May next year is. Like that will happen in a blink of an eye, but still, yeah, they seem to have it well planned out, and that's always really good to see, regardless. Um, not not really I, well, I don't but, know like, about that. but like, but like, but like, even look, I mean, I'm just a care, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the optimist here, but like, you know, they're trying to raise money to hopefully build a system that stops this from happening, period. Um, so that yeah. that sounds kind of good, I think. I mean, I, I guess it just again. You know, just to recreate, you know, climate change is real. These things are happening all yeah, over the world. Like yeah. extreme weather conditions, um, unprecedented weather conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I'm just like, okay, so you are basically saying that um, water in informal settlements will quote unquote large, largely remain connected. Um, people in informal settlements, I'm pretty sure already have issues mm-hmm sourcing water yeah clean water even sourcing enough water for their needs Mm. so when there is a drought or a drought situation Mm. and the level of water available has just reduced period and you're saying that they will largely remain connected this just goes (laughs) to show me that you are not really taking this population into into account exactly and then for people who um, are vulnerable or, or for people who are in vulnerable groups, for like younger people hmm. or like older people, yeah. um, you're saying special provisions will be made to ensure that they have access to water, but you're not saying what these either. provisions would be or exactly how this would work. Hmm. Um, so, I mean, they still have a little bit of time to give the benefit of the doubt, um, but I would like to see more information about or what exactly they have planned to make sure that this does not, you know, become a completely total disaster that it is shaping up to be right now, you know? Because, yeah, you're absolutely right. I completely agree with everything you say. And at the end of the day... Because I'm always right, I can't do it. First of all, (laughs) let's let's just not even go there. Can I make my points, please? Anyways, at the end of the day, the, the amount of information they put out, how well they communicate it would probably be the difference between a disaster and a successful management of a tough situation. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I feel like regardless of whatever they plan to do, it's going to be a disaster regardless. Wow. Just because, like... It's a tough if, situation, if, but it's managed. Yeah, like, if if you're having to go fetch water, like, right. that, that's, that's already, like, yeah. some apocalyptic shit right there, yeah, you know? Absolutely. If, like, if you're having to, like... 
school cue is like bringing back some like extremely extremely bad I mean, memories yeah. but <laughs> i just hope they're able to figure it out i, yeah. I just hope they're able yeah. to hope, figure it hopefully out hopefully the drought in itself is perhaps only seasonal hopefully yeah hopefully um okay so next story all right so we're finally getting to one of the hottest snowboard stories in the news um and also easily one of the saddest modern day stories um this story is literally about modern modern day slavery in libya um you know straight to the auction block auction block selling and trading of human beings in libya um videos came out on it um cnn has covered time has covered it lots of different organizations have covered the and verified the fact that this is actually happening because a lot of people were initially like oh this is actually nonsense but if you don't know the background of libya they've lost their main leader Muammar gaddafi and people have different feelings on him um but i think i don't know that he was necessarily a good leader but his the loss of like when he was toppled um by allied forces including the united states um the country effectively went into straight anarchy that like the government has not been able to maintain a monopoly on force and um people essentially lots of individual sub sovereign groups have essentially helped power in different ways so this has essentially led to the conditions where now people who are attempt attempting to migrate across the mediterranean to europe which is a lot of people every year are being sold um a lot of them being robbed raped a lot of you know terrible treatment but you know they're being sold as slaves effectively to the to the uh to the uh to the highest bidder um the leaders of libya france germany chad and niger and four other countries agreed on a plan to evacuate thousands of migrants stuck in libyan detention camps um the international organization of migration documented reports of slave markets along migrant routes in north africa so like we're looking at hundreds of young african people that are bound for libya that's been that have been sold um in other developments the nigerian president expected uh expressed shock at how you know nigerians were being treated like goats um on this past Wednesday, 242 Nigerian migrants were flown out of Libya back to Nigeria. Um, you know, the, the, the quote is that uh, after 43 years of Gaddafi, all Libyans learned how to do was to shoot and kill. And they learned to be uh, electricians, plumbers, or of any trade. So it's, it's, this is just painting a picture of what the conditions look like. Um, lots of people have essentially made, lots of African leaders have made moves to effectively show that they, they're not cool with it, that, they, that this is not okay. Burkina Faso's uh, foreign affairs minister recalled his ambassador from uh, Libya last week, um, effectively you know, making their standards unacceptable to have slaves. Um, in this century, the, the foreign minister of Rwanda said that they would extend asylum to 30,000 sub, mainly sub-Saharan Africans stuck in Libya. Um, the, the quote there is that given their own history, they cannot be silent while human beings are being mistreated and auctioned off like cattle. That's what their foreign ministry said. Um, at least, you know, that second half is a, is a better side to a, a bad situation. But um, to have something like this even occur in in the modern day is just astounding. Um, from what I understand, it's also not particularly new. Um, at this scale, of course, it's you know more than more than um, ever before. But this was always something that happened in patches, um, as people take advantage of people trying to migrate across to Europe um, for better lives in one way or another. And this is just you know, 
it's shocking um it's disappointing and it's also damning evidence of the conditions that made these people run away from their countries um if what are your thoughts um i think first of all this this is one of the saddest things like i've ever read um and i think going off on on your last point about about the reasons why people are like having to like leave their countries i think that to me is the most or one of the most important parts of this story and one of the saddest parts of this story um no one ever like just wakes up one day and is like you know what <laughs> and fuck this place like i'm like i'm like i'm just going to leave like people leave for a reason people leave their countries for a reason um if i feel that a however long mile trek or like however long mile ride and getting on a boat to go across you know this sea that i have heard that people die on or people die in seems like a better option for me than staying where i was born that is one of the saddest things that anybody will ever go through and that should not be happening um i think it's also it's also been very disappointing to see i guess the response from a lot of african leaders right. because at the end of the day not to i mean of course you can't blame just one person for anything but this is largely a part of or the fault is largely a part of the governments of the countries that these people come from. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. no one is just going to up and leave. And I can all like I I can again speak on Nigeria because yeah. that is where I know and that is where I have lived. Right. No one is just going to like wake up one day and be like, you know what? Yeah. I'm just going to leave Lagos. I'm Life just is, going to yeah. leave wherever. Life yeah, it's like we, we have to think about what systems are in place. Or what exactly is lacking for people to feel like, you know what, I'm just going to take my chances out there and just try and make a better life somewhere else. And the possibility of death is suddenly more attractive than even staying exactly. in place. And, and I saw I saw a video of a guy saying that, you know, yeah, like I almost died and this has been horrible, but if I was given the chance, like I would do it again because it like it just completely blows my mind it just completely blows my mind and yeah like i just honestly just thinking about it gets me like very very emotional because it's like where do we even start to correct this issue. like the like where do we even start to correct this from yeah they're, they're big problems to be solved for sure yeah um, it, uh, yeah. yeah, it's just it's it's a very depressing story. Um, I just hope that um, many of these migrants are able to get back to their countries as soon as possible. Right. Um, I saw that they have estimates of four hundred thousand to almost one million people yeah. Um, yeah. in Libya right now, and I just hope these people are are able to get back to their countries because I can't even begin to imagine also 
like how their families are feeling, not knowing if their loved ones are alive or dead, right. not knowing where they are. It just, it's just a sad story. Um, and the European Union also, I guess, has to look at what exactly its parts in this. Um, I mean, what its role in this has been. Um, I read somewhere that they were paying um, some countries to detain migrants instead of, um, I guess, letting them cross over, which, I mean, it is completely understandable that you want to take immigration seriously and you want to, you know, help people immigrate the right way, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. But still, at the same time, your actions have led to a lot of these atrocities I, I, happening yeah i don't i don't know if i can consider just for argument's sake i don't think i can consider them as part of the offending party in this situation i i do think actually no i think they are part of the offending party but not in that way but more in the way that hey you know effectively part of the reason why a lot of these countries are struggling and a lot of these countries have never had decent leadership is because they were colonized and built into entities that they were not ever supposed to be so you know that's another argument for another day but you know that's this is like you said i agree with everything you said it's a it's a terrible story but um yeah let's go let's go on to the next story um just quickly before we move on just a slight read for 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 buhari who um said that his people were being treated like ghosts and after like his quote was after 43 years of Gaddafi, all libyans learned how to do um where to shoot and kill they didn't learn to be electricians plumbers or any other trade like wow <laughs> have you looked at your own country bro <laughs> i like i have words words that uh, i probably yeah, words that i will not say but start with an f and end with a u you are literally the most ridiculous human being alive yes, to be I quite know. honest like Fool. at the end of the day are people in your country learning these traits that you yeah, are essentially yeah. saying people in other countries are not learning people in your country are literally like leaving like en masse because yeah. your country is basically on like People can't survive. Mm. So what exactly do you expect people to do? If there were opportunities available, people would not think that, oh, trying to risk death will be a better option. Like, he he really tried it with this yeah, fucking statement. Was, I mean, he actually extremely tried it. I mean, I do think that for a lot of the people who have ended up leading us in the past, they first of all, they, they rarely ever get to see the real all situation. Trash. That. Yeah, that, that, that trash. That, let's, go to, let's go on to the next story. That... that Oh, mm-hmm. we can, it was all trash. We can't really get that another time. Put Buhari and rice, please. Put yeah. <laughs> Buhari and rice. We actually have to. Okay, cool. I have to get like a sound animation for throwing somebody in rice. Hashtag put Buhari and rice. Hashtag put Buhari and rice. That, that works. Um, I think it's your turn. Yes. Um. So, uh, going off of the story that we had last month, um, mm-hmm. Uncle Bob is out. Hey. Um, Robert Mugabe, um, someone who used to be an anti-colonial hero who led mm-hmm. the liberation of Zimbabwe in the 80s, yeah. um, and then became its leader, has resigned as president of Zimbabwe after 37 years in power. Yeah. 
Um, he, he, resigned in the, <laughs> he resigned in the middle of impeachment proceedings. Yeah. Um, he basically was the world's um, oldest state man. Um, and Emerson, I don't know how to pronounce it. Like, literally, I, I, I've been practicing how to pronounce his name, and I still don't know how to do it. Um, exactly. Um, he was inaugurated on November 24th mm-hmm. um, in a televised ceremony. Um, he was a longtime um, security operative in the Zimbabwean army. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is also known as the crocodile. The crocodile. Um, that does not like, bode well for the Zimbabwean people. Yeah. Um, he's also known as the crocodile for being a stealthy politician. And he has been accused of leading um, brutal waves of repression against um, opposites of ZANU-PF and yeah. Mugabe. Um, a lot of people have been saying that they're happy. Um, the general consensus on social media is where happy Mugabe is out. Um, uh, people also said that they were sad that Mugabe had gone in a manner um, that is unbefitting of a man many still believe um, was the country's lib- liberator in its early days. Sure, sure. So, well, hot takes, hot takes. Hot takes. Let me hit you with hot take number one. Hot take number one. First of all, unfortunately, I do not know that the Zimbabwean people are in any better situation than they were. Thank you. That is the Thank truth. You. This person, <laughs> Thank you. This person they've gotten is apparently was the, effectively the number set, like the number two. It was essentially the person who executed Mugabe's right will. Hand. Like, this guy was the he, he was the knife that Mubagi Mugabe held, like when he was stabbing his and enemies. Basic, basically, the second the second person in the Zimbabwean like holy trinity yep. is homeboy. Yeah, quite literally. Yeah, I mean things kind of you know fell apart between them, and that is why all these things have happened. But think this this is pretty much just the result of an internal squabble, and there's not much for there's not much for. Zimbabweans to take away. However, that, that last bit you spoke about, about the country's liberator, that's actually the truth. If you look into Zimbabwe's history, he was the one who actually liberated them from colonialism effectively. He, you know, galvanized that movement and led people towards a free nation. But it just shows you that the truth about leadership oftentimes is that you can only be a good leader for so long. Um, after a while, you know, don't, don't live so long where you're, you're a hero who becomes a villain. Um, somebody that they celebrated his entry into, you know, the capital of Zimbabwe and they were celebrating his exit from the capital because he stayed for way too long. It's just, there's, there's just so many things to take away from it that, you know, it's, don't, don't be like Mugabe, don't be Uncle Bob. Anyways, yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't really have much to say because I feel like I said, most of what I wanted to say last month. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, basically, this is a very sad way for um, you to lose your legacy. Um, but I feel yeah, like the well. true test of um, this whole transition or the true test of Mugabe leaving mm-hmm. would be next year. Um, I believe um, elections are supposed to hold sometime next year. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see how that goes. And I think we would be able to really truly see um, the progression if there is going to be any, if, um, I don't know how to pronounce his name, so I'm just going to call him Homeboy. Homeboy. (laughs) Um, So I think, Crocodile, come on, they give you a nickname. Exactly. We we, we would see 
Cross. Uncle Croc, yeah. So we will see like the true progression of Zimbabwe if yeah. Uncle Croc like eventually like chooses or you know steps down when he is supposed to. I think that is what um, people have to wait for. That is what will eventually tell, yeah. If if any of this was worth it, I mean, it is worth it if Mugabe is like leaving, but we'll see. Yeah, not much to say about that. Okay, all right, next story we got up is the Democratic Republic of Congo has set a date for their long-awaited presidential elections for December 2018, so that's about this time next year. It's actually scheduled for December 23rd, 2018. Um, the Election Commission has said that direct voting will take place on that date, covering the presidential, legislative, regional, and local elections. The Independence National Elect electoral the congo's electoral commission has said that it will not be ready to conduct co conduct elections until april 2019 at the earliest so it's so, Can you imagine? Yeah, but the DRC was supposed to have these elections that we're speaking of in 2016. Can you imagine? <laughs> so, <laughs> so the National Elections Commissioner has said that the elections this year, this year are not possible due to ongoing the ongoing conflict in the Kasai region. Um, like the the uh, current the longtime president Joseph Kabila has refused to step down, even though his second term expired last December. So, so. So it's, actually, that's right. Uh, expired last December. Um, he mm -hmm. had taken power after his father was assassinated in 2001 and was elected in 2006 and 2011. So according to const the constitution, he cannot get a third time. Um, and the opposition accuses him of trying to buy time so that he can like switch up on that constitution. That constitution. So first of all, if you guys remember, this also happened in Uganda with Museveni. Um, so. Uh, you know, this is kind of just the situation on hand. Elections, the, an election date has been set now. If they hit that date, we'll see if they hit that date better. There can be some form of change. Um, oftentimes, you know, these leaders, like, you know, Kabila, oh, they hold on to power like tomorrow is not coming. So he's trying to effectively do everything he can to change uh, the rules of the constitution itself so that he can get, you know, stay in office longer. Um, so yeah, that's that's the crux of this story. Any thoughts? Um, no thoughts. Good luck and God bless. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck because and God bless. Wild. At this point, it's just like okay. So this is December twenty third. They were supposed to have elections in two thousand and sixteen. We are in two thousand and seventeen. They're saying, oh, quote unquote, voting will take place December twenty third, two thousand and eighteen. That's a year away. Hmm. Um, I don't think it's going to take place. Um, I don't all. think it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, good luck and God bless. Yeah, I mean, they like Congo. The, the DRC has been through a whole lot. I mean, they're one of a them, whole fucking a lot. Like whole lot. These, like these people don't deserve. These people don't deserve these trash like government officials that they have honestly speaking like it's just incredibly sad but then again i feel like you know we've seen this happen over and over and over again so i'm usually not surprised when i hear things like this happening that is unfortunate but you know so let's just hope and pray things, things um go yeah. according to what they're saying things will go according to at yeah. this point 
so so anyway, shall we'll talk about leadership at um, at another time? But you know, like nobody knows that whoever replaces Kabila will even be better. It's, it's and this is the case in most African countries. It's so sad yep. that like we don't even have some. It's not even of, sad anymore. Like it's just infuriating it's, at this it, point. Yeah, it really is. Uh, at this point, it's we, like we, okay. Do we ever have we, people that can step up to do a good job? We've seen this dance like literally 150 times over. Mm-hmm. Like let's just let's just keep it moving. Yeah, yeah. All right. So we got a new story coming up. Actually, it's your turn. Hey, Ma. Yeah, it's my turn. Hey, All right. So don't, 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 um. <laughs> So basically, um, this next story is about resistance in Senegal or um, Turkey. A battle for power in Turkey is facing some resistance in Senegal. Mm -hmm. Um, Basically, a while ago, there was a concert and um, one of the singers was basically telling the crowd that they will not um, accept to be under a foreign dictatorship Mm -hmm. um, for months. Um, Erdogan has been pressuring Dakar to close schools. Erdogan is the um, president like, of Turkey. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he's been pressuring Dakar to close schools, um, which are linked to Hizmet, which is a moderate Islamist um, religious movement that has grown since the 60s um, out of the teachings of Turkish Islamic cleric I'm just like, okay, Fethullah Gulen, yep. um, also known as the Gulen Movement, um, his mint has established branches and schools all around the world, including Senegal. Uh-huh. Um, so the concert um, was basically protesting um, Dakar's recent decision to hand over the management of the schools to the Marif Foundation, which is an umbrella organization created by the Turkish government in June 2016 to oversee um, Turkish Islamic education abroad. Um, so since Erdogan split with Gulen a few years ago, um, Marif has taken over several Hizmet-affiliated schools all over the world, while others were simply closed. So, yeah. It's still happening. It's still happening. It's it, it's just never going to end. Um, a lot of these countries trying to colonize other countries and like tell people how to live their lives and like do their things. Like I I honestly have nothing to say about this. The, the Turkish government. I mean, the, first of all, Erdogan. That guy likes to fight. Let's just be candid. First of all, military coup against him didn't work earlier in what was it earlier this year or last year or at some point. The guy kind of somehow figured out how to get around his opponents. Immediately got back and started consolidating power effectively. Apparently he split. <laughs> yeah, like the guy literally just jailed like tens of thousands of people, like sent all of them to jail, a teacher or police or whoever you had. If you felt like you were in opposition to him, essentially kicked them out. Um, so, you know, he's had beef with this person, this like this organization for a long time. And that organization has effectively run schools in Senegal for quite a while. Um, so they, and they move against that organization. They've taken over the schools or taken over some of them while some of them have closed. So they, they I mean, the Senegalese people have effectively, in, 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 at least at that event, said, hey, you know, you don't get to dictate our lives because of your, your, 
um, your beef. So hopefully that plays out. You know, I mean that's just a concept host at the end of the day. But we see how that. Hopefully we see how that plays out with the uh, Senegalese government. Unfortunately, I suspect that perhaps due to aid or something like that, there might be pressure on the Senegalese government to have allowed this all of this to happen because it's it's yeah. the Senegalese kids that are not going to be able to go to school where they're closed. Yeah. Um, it's the Senegalese and I think another affected. thing. Yeah. Another thing is just like when it comes down to it, I guess the um, the I guess the overarching thing, if mm-hmm. if that makes any sense, is sort of like the separation of like church and state in a way. Yeah, it's like true. I'm I'm just not a huge fan of people of any religion trying to establish schools or trying to course people or students to practice whatever that religion is Mm. or making the main education to be whatever that religion says the main education is supposed to be like that just doesn't make any sense to me and i feel like we should like move away from that but you know that's that's my so i stand historically my thoughts i stand on the opposite side of that argument i think that religious institutions mostly churches really have been responsible for the dissemination of education to a significant percent so just for getting people educated i think um they've built schools it's always been part of their mission now i do agree with you that kind of the whole idea of oh you know you must during your education be conformed to a certain religion i don't think that's healthy i i don't blame them for encouraging people to try and join their religion but i don't think it should be by force that they do things associated with um, the religion of the school. Um, but, you know, this does, I mean, this happens at different scales. There's the Loyola and Jesuit universities all over the world. Um, there's Convenance University in Nigeria. There you know, all types of uh, Islamic institutions all over the world that, that people go to. Um, there are even some Buddhist ones that effectively. So um, it, it does happen. Um, I do credit them for spreading education, period. Um, I think people are always better off when they have some form of education but um you know i i I do agree with you still hello no i completely agree um i agree with what you say and i don't like i think for this i really have not followed this story too too closely Mm. um but the only thing that really stood out to me was you know why why people from one religion are trying to sort of like police education but yeah, yeah so, that's that about that so if you how about i take the next two stories and then you take the last one on our list sounds good so a little bit more on the up up and up um so somalia has a livestock market uh a significant livestock is effectively um generating like 40% of the entire country. Somalian um, uh, export to uh, to Sweden um, has essentially built an app that essentially lets people from that are to sell their goat, sheep, and camels through a website called ari.farm. And what I just think is such an ingenious, phenomenal way of creating a connection between goods to people who need them. Um, and I'm sure that even with the cost of exporting and all those kind of cheaper than them buying those goods in their own country. So um, this is somebody who doesn't live in a way to help 
people in this country has built a startup or has built a company that effectively, especially for a lot of us that are expatriates or exports of our country and are currently not there, you have to be there in person to contribute. That you just have to think of creative ways of connecting an exciting story. And you know, I mean, if 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 you look at, I, I mean, I think the number is over a lot of income for people, you know, who are selling those things. So. Um, you know, having a market I, for me, the first thing I'm thinking is just like, so yeah. <laughs> but I yeah, this is an amazing idea. Um, looking into the story a little bit more, I did find other, um, I guess, crowdfunding um, farms some in Nigeria as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I think it's really, really awesome. Um, it, it's a good way to help yeah. the people who are doing the work. Yeah. Um, with you know funding and like all of that, so are also um, they also use Bitcoin as Ooh. as um, yeah, that's amazing, awesome. Um, send me Bitcoin, guys. See, please, uh, if people tell me to invest when it's hundred dollars, I do invest. If I anyone just, myself. if anyone, if mm. amazing, she probably just deserve. I don't even want a full one Bitcoin. Just See, like, send like, me, perfectly send me, I, please. I want it. Send me a whole Bitcoin, Mofe. Please. <laughs> it will it just just a little bit See. just a little bit wow i'm like the way this whole thing i just yeah it's kind of went left <laughs> what do you mean yeah fab anyway sure. god 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 will, god will vindicate me because there was a point all no, the way left there was a point but where man could have gotten I early no to shame. this to this band so ah but man went to go and buy chinese food hey man's gonna use hundred dollars wow god had I been Bitcoin millionaire. Wait, you spent a hundred dollars on Chinese food instead of like not at one time, but like over. Okay. First of all, where that Chinese food at? I want to find that Chinese food that's worth hundred dollars. But um, I yeah, was about yeah. to. A say. roommate of mine, very early on in like what eleven or twelve, was like, "Yeah, man, I'm mining Bitcoin." I was like, "Okay, what's this person saying? All this technological, pa pa pa." The guy said he'll help me set up and mining myself. Hey. I didn't, I didn't listen. I didn't listen. He said that he could even help me buy that. I could buy from him. I think he told me like like two Bitcoin or one Bitcoin for like $300. Me, I said, nah, that's too expensive. And I was here. Hmm. See, now that I've made like 20 times that by now. I knew it, Go to my refuge and strength. Well, ah. um, yeah. that, was, that was an interesting yeah. story yeah. Um, about, you know, your stupidity but it's 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 cool it's cool cool. we all make mistakes (laughs) i guess i wasn't thinking in the the frame of mind that i'm thinking in now but life 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 teaches you lessons um Um, but invest in um farm guys that's amazing if you if you have spare change and you're looking for somebody to throw it in um invest yeah yeah. 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 like i think that for every dollar or not for every dollar but for every couple of dollars you invest in um american startups and american cryptocurrencies and things like that you know start looking actively for ways to support um like african startups and maybe maybe you know the conversation needs to even start happening how can we get people to effectively help crowdfund these startups anyway so true um, yeah there is sorry just going off of that i do recall seeing on twitter that there is um a i think it is a website or it might be an app um but they are called bitcoin africa and mm-hmm. i think they sell bitcoin on the continent of africa so if yeah. you are 
on the continent or in, you know, any African country, well, on the continent in any African country, and you are looking for how to invest in Bitcoin, you can definitely check them out. Yeah, go get some Bitcoin, make the money. All right, guys. Well, so, so the next story I was going to take is actually quite a hilarious one, but shout out to my boy, my personal friend, my bestie, the president of Ghana. <laughs> This man, President Akufuado is just phenomenal, fantastic. So essentially what happened was that he was at a kind of joint press conference slash speech with uh, Macron, uh, what's his name, Emmanuel Macron, and uh, this, uh, th- there was a question posed to them by a journalist about um, uh, aid, foreign aid, um, from from uh, about France's amount of support and foreign aid to the African continent, and you know they ask uh, they first of all ask uh, Macron and Macron you know he says oh the typical blase blase whatever they whatever that was uh, polite to, to say but Nana um, Kofodo first of all he even qualified it by saying um, he, he initially said oh you know I hope this doesn't offend it, whoever asked the question or you know even my counterpart to my left. Um, to my right, rather, and he says um, we can no longer continue to make policy for ourselves in our region, in our country, in our continent, on the basis of whatever support that the Western world of France or Euro- or the European Union can give us. It it will not work. It has not worked, and it and it will not work. <laughs> and you could, like he's talking about how like the countries just need to get off a mindset mindset of dependency on aid because it's letting these countries control their interest and you could literally see macron struggling like <laughs> there's a video of it and i'll put the link in the in the, in the uh, show notes and you can see macron just like bruh like this man literally just carried me and threw me under the bus but the point he was making was fantastic um and, and the amount of courage it takes to make it at that point there and just say hey you know we can't we can't have this mindset of dependency. That if, if they want to help us, sure, but they shouldn't expect to have any control over our interests. That they should help us out of the fact that they're helping us achieve the dreams that we want to achieve for ourselves. That they shouldn't plot charts, the, mod- the roadmap for how we should use their money. If not, they shouldn't just give us the money and we'll figure it out regardless. And hey, you're right. That's true. I agree. I completely agree. I thought it was a great speech. Um, one thing that I took away, the first thing that I took away from the entire speech is that he is a really good speaker. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was like a really good speaker. I was like, okay, okay, yeah, okay, like, okay. Wow, yeah, that was really, really good. Um, but I really liked what he said. But I guess for me, the... I guess for me, like, what will really... Um, what will really drive home the message of what he said was seeing the actions that back up the words. Mm. Um, I think for me, it's, it's, it's very easy to say, Oh, I think we should do this. I think we should do that. I think a lot of people say that Um, ordinary citizens say, say that leaders say that um, government officials say that, but, um, I would really be looking out for actions yeah. um, to back walk. up his words. Walk that yeah. talk, sir. Um, so, yeah. All right. Your turn. All right. So, I guess the final story for the day um, is a personal favorite. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so the governor of Imo State in Nigeria, Rochas Okorocha, um, unveiled um, the post during the swearing-in of 27 other new commissioners for Imo State. Um, his sister, um, who was initially named Commissioner of Happiness and Public Fulfillment, um, a day later... What? Yes. Um, what does but a day later, a, a day later, um, the governor's office issued a correction um, to say that the correct title will be um, supervisory commissioner for happiness and purpose fulfillment. Um, another aide issued a statement that the ministry will guide ministries and departments on what they must do <laughs> to guarantee the citizens' happiness and contribute better to the society. Um, the quote was, happiness is something that is still lacking um, <laughs> while acknowledging <laughs> while acknowledging that it could mean anything to anybody. Um, she said that her role is to create positive attitudes for our emo people. Um, she says that day-to-day, -day, the ministry will be ensuring policies design designed to make people happy, um, like free education, um, where it's being handled properly and benefiting the community. Um, so she rejected suggestions that it might be an unnecessary additional layer of government because, <laughs> you know. Um, so there is a company or I guess a civic advocacy organization in Nigeria called Budgets. They are amazing. Yeah. You guys should check them out on yeah. Twitter um, and on their website. Um, they basically um, did some research and they said that Emo State owed um, external sources $60.2 million dollars in 2016. Um, and the governor of Emo State basically proposed um, a budget of 131 billion naira, um, which is equivalent to $360 million for his state. Um, so, I mean, this, what a fucking mess, first of all. Um, <laughs> that's all you need to say. That, that's like, just, honestly, that's so like, Okorja has kind of like been... He's oh. very notorious for like doing like these Most like crazy ridiculous. things. He's yeah, like he 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 erected two statues, uh, one for the Africa's first female president, and then one for the South African president. It's like okay, right. um, I was on the Emo State website just like looking around for information about this yeah. um, this post, and I saw like a press statement made by the media officer for the uh, government house. And that was just absolutely ridiculous. Um, he was saying that, so quoting off of his press release, he said that um, it is a fact that the governor of Imo State is a visionary leader who sees 100 years ahead of others. Wow. Um, he can um, offer years. solutions. Yep. He can offer solutions to situations oh. that are practically impossible. Oh. Um, he said that um, it is a thing of surprise that such rotten language, um, referencing, I guess, people's um, reactions 
Um, he said that it is a thing of surprise that such rotten language without restriction could come out of the mouth of Christians in this uh. era of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, so yeah, I can hear what are your hot takes? Wow. Hot takes? Wow. <laughs> first of all, first of all, fuck this man. No, really. Fuck this man. I hope he falls down the stairs tomorrow morning. Honestly, this is such a profoundly stupid idiot that has somehow in the cacophony of stupidity that often is oh, Nigeria emerged as the governor of a state. Like this man is the governor of a state, fam. This is a man who can propose a budget of $360 million despite having like a quarter of that amount's been dead. Like, oh my God, this man is profoundly stupid. Hasn't done anything for his people. I was out there erecting statues on a road that is not even complete yet. Like, like the man couldn't even see how profoundly stupid he is. <laughs> and then, okay, you want to do nepotism. I just do your nepotism. Make your sister like the commissioner of police. Just make her the commissioner of something. But no, nah, fam, you have to create a whole new something. Commissioner of Happiness and Purpose Fulfillment. What? So, what? I guess for me, right, <sighs> honestly. This is stressing they, me out. Okay, so. <laughs> so I'm not going to sleep well tonight. Of, Going off of what that would be absolutely just no one's fault but but yours, um, and you have just yourself to blame. But I mean, I guess going off of people's general reactions and just trying to make sense of this whole thing, right? right. Um, the statements from the 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 Emo State government was basically like, well. You know, she she has a degree in computer science, um, so it's not that she she is not qualified for a position or whatever the case may be. And then trying to explain like what her role will be, they're saying, or she also said that um, it's it's they're trying to figure out or like what she will do is to guide ministries and departments on what they must do to guarantee citizens happiness and contribute better to the society. So first of all, I don't think, and as this may sound bad to some people, but I, I actually have no problems with someone, you know, hiring their family member. I mean, even though it's not, ethically or morally like the right thing to do yeah. but if you are telling me that someone has you know the qualifications to hold right. a particular um, post I like we can definitely have member, huh? like, I'm cool exactly yeah. like we could definitely have like a conversation about that <laughs> jared kushner we can definitely have a whole other conversation about that mm. but what you cannot tell me and what you cannot tell your people because i don't like i don't know how stupid you think people are mm -hmm. but so you're telling me that what your ministry is going to be doing is going to be ensuring that policies um, designed to make people happy, like free education, were being handled properly. That is like not even just a pile of bullshit. That is a truck that has been sitting <laughs> out in the sun for about three days. That is a truck of bullshit that has been sitting out in the, in the sun for three days. Because if you have 
if, if you have, like, say, a ministry of education in a state, you don't need another, like, it just makes absolutely no sense, regardless of whatever her qualifications are. It makes no se- sense that you establish a whole new ministry, ministry right. to make sure that people are happy yep. with what the Ministry of Education is doing. Yeah. You, you think this is just makes, cutting costs? There's so many things you could be doing with this. Time. It just makes absolutely no sense. Like yeah. doing like doing research online and like reading up on stuff online, there are people that have not been paid pension their pensions for months these are people who have been working these are people who have children these are people who have bills to pay Mm -hmm. if you don't pay these people where are they supposed to get the money to pay their bills from but to you it makes sense to establish a whole other a whole other ministry to make sure that oh the ministry of education or education is 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 working or people are happy mm. like you don't need a, a, a dumb person can walk into the streets and see that people are not happy why are people not happy because they don't fucking have lights right. like that is <laughs> that is what is making people unhappy you, need you don't need a whole new ministry to yeah. tell you that people are fucking unhappy in your state yeah. so for me it's not even the fact that yeah like i'm sure she has a degree and we can even get into the politics of her degree in like another whole conversation but it does not make sense that you would just be like oh yeah my sister is qualified so i'm just going to give her this position because we just want to make sure people are happy yeah or we want to make sure that things are working the way that they're supposed to be well you've summed this up quite eloquently it's like what yeah it's it's absurd. I'm upset put, that I'm uh, upset. Or rice. Yeah, yeah. Put easy throw that man in rice too. Put him in rice. Put his sister in rice. Put, put all of them put, in put rice. The, put the whole state in rice. Incredibly stupid. Yeah. yeah. So it's incredibly stupid and dumb. Yeah. Like pay people their fucking pensions, my G. Like if pay I'm, instead of <laughs> instead of pay stop people. saying a whole. Because that's it's so, just yeah. oh my god, it's so frustrating. So anyways. God bless. Anyways, last note before we kind of close the podcast. And this isn't really a story. Um, I know some people out there are hyped about the whole royal wedding coming up, the Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. Don't kill me. I just want to say, fuck the queen. Fuck William. Fuck Prince Charles. No, 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 not at all. Fuck, um, who else am I? Yeah, fuck Harry too. Uh, so, fuck, so are we not, going, I'm not done. I'm not done. Like, 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 are we going fuck. to be doing like a series of fuck you's at I'm, the end of every monthly news update? Almost, at this point, at this point, maybe. Like, because first of all, I well, have a list. Because I, no, so my point is that I know people are hyped about this, but y'all don't forget the British Empire literally has gone around fucking everybody over. That is just a candid truth. This current queen, yes, his mom, took over in 1952. That means she was queen when there was appetite. She was queen when there was uh, there was Jim Crow law. She was queen while most of the countries in Africa were still colonized. She was maybe ceremonial, but she also didn't say shit. So at worst, she's evil. At best, she's useless and so is the rest of her family so yeah i know we're hype oh my god yeah Meghan markle is about to be black and first of all she's not gonna be queen and she's also actually uh is she black mm, mm, mm. I, I guess the wonder of pro cons but 
the whole hype over this over a family that I personally consider to consider to be very evil or part of a very evil system, they can all go to hell. Fuck them. Alrighty, yeah. um, that was. Yeah. Okay. I, I um, said what I said with my chest. Okay. Cool. Oh, that's actually a really good podcast. Do you listen to that podcast? Yeah, no, I don't. I, I need to get on that. Oh, too. there's a podcast called I. There's a podcast. Oh yeah, with with Jaws and, and yeah. Oh, shout out to and y'all. Okay. Yes, I do listen to that. I've heard like a couple well, episodes. Oh, me up. I love it. Um, yeah. All right, so shout out to um, you guys too. Um, always. But yeah, um, the queen. I mean, guess she's cute or whatever. Like I don't. <laughs> she's cute. Well, I don't. <laughs> um, I cannot okay. say it. Yeah, she's, true. she's out here in front and being a cute old lady. Fuck her. Fuck Charles. Fuck all of them. If I, right. Fuck um, George. I know you were just born like three years ah! ago. Fuck you too. Fuck your sister. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, yeah, wow, no, I'm, you I'm dead. Really, really salty. I <laughs> am. Oh, I am so upset. Salty. No, I'm really upset that. But what does? But what does um their wedding have to do with? Africa, I I think I think I think all these things are distractions to make us forget that half of these countries still run and own companies that are polluting our lands and our continent that are killing our people extrajudicially that are doing all these things so uh yeah no. I'm saying, I, I mean I, I I agree with you like I'm not disagreeing with you but I do feel like at some point we need to start taking aside from you know systems that are in place and yada 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 Absolutely. at some point we also need to take responsibility oh, no. for ourselves oh no and Absolutely. we also need to take responsibility Absolutely. for it. yeah we so, can't always complain like, but still i could still say fuck them yeah 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 if that's the I least agree. i could do yeah fuck them um i feel like you cursed more, on this more, podcast first and then more grease more grease to your elbow <laughs> yeah i have gone down more this dark to your road elbow. oh lord forgive me exactly i need to be better um, um for the record for, yes, the record, for the record um this Akandi's um, opinions are his. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, well, <laughs> he's what I, what my employer, my friends, <laughs> my family, please don't kill me. When I go and apply for the visa, please, please, please don't they, deny me. They can't keep that shit. Fuck them. Um, so, yeah. Okay. So. It's not aggressive at all. Not aggressive at all. But, um, yeah, that's just, I guess maybe fuck him is extreme, but just, I don't. I find it distasteful that distasteful that every time something like this happens, we forget the evil that that empire did. Um, we have to take responsibility for getting ourselves out of the situation, regardless. But you know, I'm not going to suddenly be excited for an element of their uh, superficial happiness just because. I, one. for one, cannot wait for the wedding. Oh my god. Yeah, this is the I end of the podcast, th- by the way, guys. Thank you I so much. I think it's much. going to be, like, really, really cute. Like, this I has been great. What her dress is. Um, like, I may even take off the day off of work, you know, just as, like, a mental health day. And, like, just, you know, guys, binge watch or whatever. Hello, friends on Fafate Rap. I really appreciate you listening in today. Um, this Thanks for me. listening, guys. Thank you for listening. We're going to try and get this to you on a bi-weekly basis so we can get more information out to you every so often. I feel like you guys enjoy the news. If you don't want us to do this, yes. let us know on Twitter. And just, Hit us up. And just so like. you can indulge in my amazing personality. I don't know what I can do, but... Um, tweet us at PodSafeAfrica. Yes. Um, you can tweet Aking. Uh, Aking, what's your Twitter? My Twitter is Akande Adirale. So A K I N A D E A D E R E L A. Yep. 
Holla at me. Um, you can tweet me at Azundi. Um, that's A-Z-U-N-G-I-I. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, let us know if you have any comments. Um, you can shoot us an email at podsafeafrica at gmail.com. Yeah. We would absolutely love to hear from you. Absolutely. And do you have any other thoughts or notes? Not or at all. Thank you so much anything? for listening. Um, we'll see you guys in two weeks. Thank you. Bye, guys. Nothing, nothing, nothing,